0: There's trouble. GI Joe is
1: there. GI Joe, American hero. GI Joe
0: is there. It's GI Joe against Cobra, the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up. He's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. GI Joe, GI Joe is there. You're listening to episode 18 of GI Joeberg. The Nets Only Podcast, broadcasting from Cape Town and Johannesburg, South Africa, about G.I. Joe. (laughs) In this episode, we're going to do something that I'm rather excited about, as you no doubt can tell. We're going to basically play a game of top trumps, pitting a Cobra vehicle against a Joe vehicle, and figuring out which one comes out on top. And in order to keep it varied, we're going to start out with uh, a land-based battle, then move into the aquatic arena with two submersible craft, and finishing off with a chopper battle. But we won't give away exactly which vehicles are under consideration just yet. First up, we're going to have our usual segment. Gentlemen, it's been a while since we podcasted. I'm sure everyone's got some new toys kicking around their place. I'm actually too shy to, because i got quite a bit of stuff in the last few months. (laughs) Uh, We'll leave you till last then, Paul. (laughs) Awesome. Be here for a while. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, I just got back from Singapore, uh, where I shopped a lot. (laughs) Sadly, there wasn't as much G.I. Joe merch to pick up, because, well, there just isn't that much G.I. Joe merch available. I did manage to get some fun stuff, though. Uh, At a flea market, I picked up a pretty cool blowtorch from, well, I think it was 2011, from the Pursuit of Cobra line. It was the reissue of the original Blowtorch in the 25th anniversary uh, in his very red and yellow stylings. and It's a cool figure. I do appreciate the face sculpt. Uh, it's nice having a classic Joe in a very authentic 25th anniversary style. There's not a great deal to say about this guy. I think he kind of is all the flamethrower I need, particularly, but there might be some room for Charbroil, just because that was one of my first G.I. Joes, and this upcoming Night Force Charbroil does look pretty spiffy. Let's just hope there's some uh, available sets floating around the internet that aren't too exorbitantly priced. I also picked up a Devilfish, which I thought was mint sealed box. Much to my shock and horror, it was pre-opened. Still in pretty decent condition, but the decals had been pre-applied and the parts had been assembled. So I didn't get the nostalgia experience that I was hoping to get, but you know, what can you do? Wow, wow, wow. Sorry. (laughs) The saleswoman spoke very broken English and...
1: Should have haggled more.
0: It was $20 and that is not a great deal of money, well, in that part of the world at least. It's a rather expensive city to live in. Uh, $20 is like, I don't know, less than the cost of a good meal. I huh. uh, also picked up from G.I. Joe Retaliation a Firefly and his badass luge board.
1: <laughs> I think
0: they call it his, uh, well, I don't even know, his power board. I don't know, crap. Power
1: slide. Uh,
0: with light up handles that Woo. should light up his forearms, but. This feature, sadly, uh, I don't know if it's just my version. It's not strong enough to actually transmit any light into his forearm, so it's a rather poorly thought-through feature in my books. And when, obviously, just
1: realised how unrealistic
0: that is. Well, I'm not entirely sure what it's meant to pre- represent. Is he?
2: I have to go to fast. He's with Jesus. I'm on fire.
0: Is he somehow powering the board? Is the board somehow powering him? Uh, it's bizarre. It's a nice figure, sadly lacking in the articulation. I mean, you really do miss it when it's gone. The wrist articulation, double-jointed knees, and ankle joints, when they're absent, are really sorely missed. It's quite I, and I couldn't rips. agree more with you. Sorry, man. <laughs> I guess we're spoiled. Uh, the alternate head is nice. Looks like a Metal Gear Solid baddie. The balaclava head. And the other head looks like... The chappy from uh, Punisher Warzone.
2: Yes, that that cool-looking, mean-looking guy. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but just coming back to the double-jointed knees and wrist articulation, those are two things that would be missed by anybody. A good figure they make, amongst other things.
0: Mm. Hmm. But I have one uh, redeeming quality from this Firefly figure. He has very nicely sculpted holsters and nicely sculpted weapons that look like new sculpts. I mean, I've never seen these handguns before. There's a revolver on his left thigh and quite a nice pistol on his right. And the holsters are removable, which I quite like. It, it, it further adds to the variety that you can have with this figure. You can have him with one holster. You can have him with both. You can have him with neither if uh, it's a sort of a tight fit to try and get into a cockpit or a vehicle or something. So it's, you know, it's got its place. It's not Firefly, but it's got its place. And last but not least, I got Lady J from Retaliation, and she is freaking awesome. Super duper posable, thanks to that Scarlet Body from Renegades. But completely untunified. She's rocking the cool desert digital camo. She's got a nice flak vest. All the molded details are great. The range of motion is perfect. And she comes with probably all of the best designed weapons produced in the, in recent years, hmm. all done up in either spiffy plastic schemes or painted in the most outrageously cool, detailed manners. <laughs> okay, basically what I'm trying to say is the guns rock hard.
1: I've seen these guns, and they are quite impressive. And the fact that some of them have removable suppressors is really cool.
0: Yes, the MP5, the removable suppressor, is sick.
2: It's gorgeous. I can't wait for mine. <laughs>
0: Could it be there's a toy that I have that has been released currently that Paul didn't get first? My I know. It's a,
2: fuck.
0: it's a coup. It's a good thing.
2: I'm not like, oh, you, you got it before me. I'm like, fuck yeah, you got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but still, you're Mr. Pre-Order. I'm Mr. If It's Cool, I'll Get Round to It didn't eventually. get
2: it in the
1: shop, yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm just lucky to be in a shop in Singapore where it came
0: out. I guess that's the only circumstance I'll ever get the jump on Paul.
1: Yeah, so you should just live in Singapore.
0: Thanks a lot, Rob. Well, I'm not saying you should live there
1: alone, if that's what you're implying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we could come join you. Yeah. Oh,
1: but then, of course, he would get the jump on you again if you are in the same place.
2: It <laughs> <'Cause laughs> all depends on who can run faster. <laughs>
0: yeah, Paul would exist only to scour <laughs> flea markets and toy stores. <laughs> oh, I feel I need to... um conclude a story that I started in the previous episode about the G.I. Joe defiant. I went over there on Christmas Eve with my hard-earned dough and was about to walk out of the store with the damn thing Wow. when I noticed something amiss, and I asked the guy if I could take a look at the contents. Well, good thing I did, because this actually was not a mint in sealed box defiant at all.
1: Well. Once you asked him to take a look at it, I think you're, you're breaking the seal on that one.
0: Yeah. Well, it was, you know, partly a surprise just to hear how he was okay with that.
1: Yeah, definitely uh, don't make it sealed anymore. Or in the value.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the fact that he wasn't reluctant to open it up and let, allow me to check. Suspicious. Tipped me off. Well, you know, I was almost the fool.
1: So what happened almost.
0: next? Well, I was heartbroken. That ruined Christmas. I wanted a mint and seal box G.I. Joe toy to open on Christmas Day. And the
1: fact that he let you open it ruined
0: it? No. It was already pre-opened, pre-deckled, pre-assembled. Oh. It even was yellowed and had some play wear. I mean, this would have been an absolute travesty if I'd woken up on Christmas Day to this P.O.S. POS. Piece didn't of shit. I oh. didn't
2: even get to pop it, cherry. I was <laughs> expecting even. something different. You
0: got anything new, brother?
2: <laughs> I did. I got
1: a bunch of cool stuff, but the only Joe that I got that Stephen bothered to buy me from half <laughs> <laughs> ah, kidding. No, what I got, what I've always wanted—I mean, not always wanted, but like what I have wanted for quite a long time, was to have a Spirit. I remember once Stephen and I we placed like a huge order for a bunch of like original Joes, and one of those figures was a Spirit.
0: There were five Joes, Rob.
1: There was a lot of toys at the time. <laughs> so that was like a, a big order. Falcon. Spirit. And Chuckles.
0: And Chuckles. Good Everyone yep, knows
1: which ones I would want, obviously. Spirit and Chuckles.
0: Hey, go wrong. Uh, and Falcon. Falcon. You wanted... Falcon was your I did, favorite. hey.
1: I wanted the guy with the most painted apps. I knew at the time. <laughs> one day we'd have that argument and I would have won.
0: the first. Oh, the order got lost. This is the only oh this was one of two botched uh, internet transactions. This was with a company called Amok Time,
1: Yeah. I, I imagine remember. they
0: no longer exist. But back in the day, they had a massive catalogue of G.I. Joe stuff, vintage G.I. Joe stuff.
1: So I finally have a spirit, a 25th anniversary spirit. Um, barely. Yeah.
0: Hang on. It's not the 25th anniversary one. Isn't it? The Pursuit of Cobra one.
1: Oh, well, same difference. You know what I mean. The 25th anniversary sculpt.
0: Well, it's a modern sculpt yeah. Modern sculpt, sure. sculpt. Okay. It's not be really confused With the baby blue shirts Well this is the
1: green one With like speckled eggs Like all over him He's <laughs> <laughs> just eating <kidding> it <me. laughs>
0: Wasn't it
2: an exclusive At some points? It's yeah, a Toys R Us exclusive It still is an exclusive Boom I like him even more now He's a great figure
1: He is very cool You look at pictures of him And you think his green Is quite lurid You know like He's like a prostitute But <laughs> He's not He's actually quite cool I like He's very cool. Him. I mean, the only sort of weird thing about him is these like little like bright snakes he get has. Kind of looks like something he'd put on if he was gonna do wrestling. <laughs> he would be like waving this around and he'd like do some cool like drop move on someone. You get on that top rope and he'd like jump, <laughs> he'd, like shout some sort of like cool
0: kimasabi, like would oh! be
1: like an eagle or something. <laughs> oh, I'm coming. <laughs> Slam them on the floor and, he, and then you would pray or something. Like the guy in Assassin's Creed 3, when he, like, chops up animals. He's like, mm, quiet, quiet.
0: I have no idea. But what in his Indian about...
1: language,
2: obviously. <laughs> or
1: Native American language, sorry.
2: What <laughs> Kuntukite?
1: Yeah.
2: Hi. How are you?
1: But, yeah, so I'm actually really excited. I'm so happy that Stephen brought me back uh, one Joe, when he brought himself, like, a hundred or something. But, of course, we're only mentioning the Joes. I mean, along with Joes, I mean, if I may mention non joe stuff, Stephen brought back a ton of uh, Marvel sort of strange recordings. Tw- yeah, the ton
2: is a small word.
1: Well, It's a lot. It's a lot. And probably my favorite of those, if I can just mention it, is Dr. Stephen Strange. He's just an amazing figure with beautiful sculpting and tons of articulation. And he's got the coolest, like, rock hands. It's like, ah.
0: <laughs> rock on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. It's such good articulation. Lovely face, sculpt, painting, detailing. And yeah, I'm so happy with that. So I have a spirit. I have a strange. And yeah, I'm quite happy right now.
0: Sweet. Right oh, point. dear. Deep breath, Paul. What have you got? It's actually all non-Joe. So. Oh, then. then what? Come, come on. 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 Stricken from the record. Come on. It's G.I. Joeberg, buddy. And we're okay. talk about G.I. Joe or Joburg. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got, I got a very, very, very cool one to six Sideshow Joe collection. And to add to it, Steve managed to find a Dusty in in good old Singapore. And not only did he find a Dusty, he found the cheapest Dusty ever because that's possibly the cheapest slideshow figure I've got in my collection.
0: Hey, don't you still owe me two hundred bucks?
2: I probably do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's a, it's a veritable score, I must say. He's a great figure in the line. He actually does stand out. I know he's not a fan favorite for a lot of guys, but he comes with a famas which is a pretty awesome bullpup, um styled assault rifle. And, wow, very cool. Great face sculpt. If I had to complain about anything, it would be he's got too much um, face paint or dirt on his face. But I'm trying to look online to see how people have fixed that. Other than that, awesome. Really, really awesome. If you guys get a chance to pick one up, I recommend it. It's a great toy. It's also one of the older Sideshow figures, so it's got that old Sideshow feel to it. By that, I mean he comes with lots of gear. The newer Sideshow stuff doesn't seem to come with as much gear. And then one of the coolest things to come my way has been a Soundwave from the Transformers game. I'm, Tr- Soundwave is my favorite, uh, my favorite Transformer. He's like the Decepticon, and I finally have my own, and he's great. It's from the new uh, Fall of Cybertron line. You so. got
0: it right! Huh? I remember
2: you struggling to remember the name of the video game. Yes, yeah, I know.
0: 40 hours playing it. Can't remember what it's called.
2: <laughs> but yeah, big ups to Steve on that one for finding him overseas because I don't think we're going to find get him on our shelves here. Mm. And, and I mean, those are two of a lot of the swag I've gotten in the last like two months. And I'm not going to go into that because it's not Joe related really. But yeah, I'm happy.
0: <laughs> Good boy Lots of new toys And fantastic things On the horizon For Joe I mean Anyone who's been On onto General's Joes Knows That we're getting A Tomahawk Thank god Okay they call it Something else But it's a Tomahawk guys Skyhawk oh, And it comes
2: Lift tickets It's called The Stormhawk Skyhawk Eaglehawk Eaglehawk the- Yes
0: Hawk. I was closer. Thanks for the save Bolly No problem
2: dude. And it comes with lift ticket. And on top of that, and I'm sure, I don't know if you guys care about this, but it comes with two extra um, headsets.
1: Yes. I saw oh, that. Two extra that? headsets. That's so cool.
2: Mm, yeah. oh. oh, it's so badass. I cannot wait. I, I'm like with Rob on this one. I'll buy two.
1: <laughs> I'm definitely going to get two.
2: Right on. Right on,
0: right on. Steven, I, are you going
1: to have, have another one? Are you going grab will, a new? I will definitely one? get one. Oh, only, I
0: Only think, one. I don't think you can ever have enough Tom Orks, to be perfectly it's honest. True. Unless every Joe has a seat. You don't Ooh. have enough Tomahawks. Oh. <laughs> it's that gonna good. You
1: have to keep buying then.
0: Anyone listening to this podcast who does not yet own Tomahawk...
1: You're not a true Joe fan.
0: That's not what I was going to say. Oh. You're about to get it. By that, I mean literally and figuratively. <laughs> if you're going to get a Eagle Hawk? Eagle, Hawk, Eagle Hawk... you're going to get it. You're going to understand why the fan base rave about this chopper so much.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, from its exposure and the tune and the comic books, to the fact that it is a fantastic toy. And the new one seems to take a lot of classic elements and bump a few of them up a notch. I do like the designing and the sculpting on the cockpit. The winch now is on the side, which makes a lot more sense to me because, you know, how did anyone rappel down the cable on the old school tomah. Yeah,
1: how did you climb in afterwards as well? He how did you winch anything
0: into the belly of the craft? Belly of the beast. Belly of the beast. And uh, yeah, as I say, the sculpting is great. They've sunken the floor a bit, which will allow 25th or modern era style figures to sit in the craft and not kind of have their heads bumped the, at the ceiling.
1: Hunched over, yeah, and they've removed the those back peg things on the on the chairs as well.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Though I don't know how the figures are going to stay put without a backpeg or a similar system to keep the, the figures glued to their seats. Double sided tape. No man, sticky dots. <laughs> Blue tack. <laughs> Thumbtacks.
1: Well you just mold the, the figures to the chairs. So you get two two of each figure. That's why you own two, so that you have a squad that's probably stuck inside there.
2: No, <laughs> uh, I have a tomahawk full of snake guys. <laughs> 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 Send in God. the ultimate team I really like some of the new ultimate stuff That's coming out as well Like Budo and stuff. I'm very excited for Budo
1: I'm He looks like a cool figure I mean, I, okay, his his outfit looks like it'll uh, It'll restrict movement But it's beautiful though
2: Oh, exactly, it's really awesome And I, I like that Firefly And I must admit, I really like that Duke I'm going to take its head off and make it somebody else <laughs> And I really like the flint Like... <laughs> Yeah, I think they're great, and I really like that Cobra Commander. I hope it comes with that funky backpack thing because that looks like a lot of fun. (laughs) Cool. It's a precursor to an annihilator. I mean, and it looks like it's got like a little two little things that pop out the side that shoot missiles. Not like actual, you know, missiles will shoot. Just you know, representative thereof, which looks pretty cool to me. Mm. And and in the back, it's got some glowing portion that looks like it runs off Energon. So, you know, very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Maybe it lights up. God knows. But at least it, as long as it doesn't shoot a missile, I'm happy. <sighs>
0: I don't think I have any space left in my drawer for crap like that. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I don't blame you.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, Firefly's fire bloody luge is bad enough.
2: Yeah, no, I just throw that stuff away. I'm like. There's only so many uh, rappling, grappling hook things that you can stand, so I've thrown most of them away. You've uh, actually thrown G.I. Joe toys into the trash.
1: It's not really toys.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's not really toys. I mean, you can't even hurt anything with them. No, to be fair, I, I must admit, I can't find them. I haven't put them away anywhere nice, so they're somewhere. <laughs> or they've gone, because they, I was like, whatever, and tossed them. I, like just threw them in a box and put them somewhere, so, uh, I think, and maybe that box had been thrown away. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't really care. It's a play feature I can care about. You know, I've got one or two of them and that's enough.
0: All right. Getting into our topic for this evening, we decided to basically play a game of top trumps, pitting a G.I. Joe vehicle against a Cobra vehicle of a similar class and function. And to get the ball rolling, we're going to take a trip back to the early 80s, the two armored combatants from either team, the Mobat in the Joe corner and the Hiss in the Cobra corner.
2: Okay, let's quickly go back in time.
0: He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. GI Joe is there. GI Joe, American GI Joe there. Enemy
1: blockade. Send in the GI Joe
0: motorized battle tank. You can make it go left, right, forwards and backwards. The GI Joe battle tank. Smash the blockade. What a tank! Each sold separately. The GI Joe motorized battle tank comes with GI Joe batteries not included from Hasbro. Firstly, I'd like to I'd like to cure a little debate uh, amongst us. What does mm-hmm. Mobat stand for? Mohawk Bat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's Paul's uh, contribution. I am personally in favour with Larry Harmer's yeah. interpretation of the acronym, <sighs> which is. The multi ordnance battle tank, which basically means it does what most modern battle tanks do, and that's fire different kinds of ammunition. Spear, sabot, uh high-explosive anti-tank.
1: But thats he's just describing a tank. He's just added a bunch of words in front of tank that mean the same thing.
0: Well, it it's like
1: saying, oh, it's a mobile attack tank. It fits the
2: acronym. Say it ain't so, Rob.
0: Say it ain't so. <laughs> and it makes a lot more sense to me than... Hasbro's interpretation.
1: Motorized.
0: Motorized battle tank.
1: Yeah. Which Also, again, it's just describing the fact that it's a tank. Just over-describing it. But it it's doesn't... like flying bird.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, a tank is going to be motorized. It kind of exposes <laughs> itself as a toy a little bit more if the acronym is motorized battle tank. Because, you know, yes, the toy is motorized. It will move forward. But in the fictional world... All of these vehicles, whether they actually have motorized components or not, can move. So it's kind of like a no brainer. Yeah, it's a motorized battle tank, tank, as opposed to the HISS, which is not a motorized battle tank. Well, it's going to be a MoHISS. The HISS is also an acronym, High Speed Sentry, which makes a lot of sense, actually. It does,
1: it describes what it does. Mm. That's its function. I think that's a very, I love that acronym, it's probably one of my favorites.
0: The way this debate is going to work is, Mm -hmm. we're not going to promote each one more than the other. We're going to try and expose the strengths and weaknesses of both, and then, at the end of it, each one of us will cast a vote, determining the winner. I have no idea what my companions are going to vote for. In fact, in many regards, I'm not entirely sure which of these vehicles will come out on top. So, let's evaluate the MOBAT first, shall we? It's a pretty standard-looking tank green, it would fit in with a lot of other uh, military hardware, except that Joe's maintained that it's got a few distinct edges. I suppose in 1982, it was extremely cutting edge for it to have, um, in the commander's position inside the main battle turrets, all the readouts for the onboard computer target acquisition and tracking gear are centrally located so they can be seen in one glance. Wow. That is
2: pretty cool. I mean, considering, so so what you're saying is it can basically be piloted by one
0: guy.
1: Yeah.
2: It
0: can be crewed by one guy. Essentially, that's what the MOBAT is driving at. I mean, it came with one driver. It doesn't have any other accessible hatches, and the driver can't really seat very low in it. So, as a toy, it's got a few failings. You Mm -hmm. can't really put anyone inside a MOBAT. You can kind of pretend that there are guys in there. And to that end, uh, I imagine it's got a crew of about three. Commander, mm-hmm. driver, and gunner. Mm. Like a real tank,
2: yeah. Mm. Yeah, real deal. Oh, and a radio guy, but it doesn't matter, yeah.
0: MOBAT can run all its systems completely submerged in water for up to an hour. Hmm.
2: That's impressive for a tank. Mm. Mm. Because tanks are like water unfriendly.
1: Yeah, unless they're sort of, you know, what they extend, the air intake or something. The snorkel. It's like a snorkel.
0: I think most tanks yeah. are, are able to submerge themselves for a time. I mean, the fact that it's sealed against... Uh, fire and chemical or biological weapons uh, should make it waterproof as well.
1: Yeah, it comes with an automatic fire extinguisher too, according to the blueprints. That's pretty cool.
2: Which then can be assumed that it's got some kind of air supply within the tank. Yes, Yes.
0: certainly. Apparently it runs a lot quieter than most tanks as well because of its two gas turbines with fewer moving parts, more horsepower and minimal vibration and noise. That's courtesy of Steeler, in fact. Mm. It's clanking, more spanking. No doubt. <laughs> so, it is a pretty sophisticated tank for 1982. What is its main armament?
1: It has a 130mm cannon.
0: Which is quite a large bore weapon.
1: And then it has a 50 cal gun as well. So, those are the two armaments it has, according to the blueprints. The Super Duty Battle Tank, aka <laughs> Mobat.
0: According to Devil Dew's G.I. Joe Battle Files, the Mobat has a top speed of 60 miles per hour wow. on the open road and 45 miles per hour cross-country, which makes it pretty quick as well.
2: Yeah, these are definitely not for, like, long tank missions. I'm sure these are definitely quick-strike tanks.
1: Yeah, small and fast.
0: In fact, to put that in
1: perspective... Probably in support of, like, larger tanks.
0: Okay, well, to put that into perspective, yeah, the Mobat has a top speed of 60 miles per hour on the road. The M1A2 Abrams tank has a top speed of 56 kilometers per
1: hour... Oh, shit.
0: ...on the road. That's 35 miles oh. per hour. And the Mobat cross-country can do 45 miles per hour, while the Abrams can do a maximum speed of 25 miles per hour. So the Mobat, in spite of its small size, packs a punch akin to the uh, Abrams. The Abrams has a 120-millimeter smoothbore turret... The MOBAT clocks it at 130mm.
1: That's correct, according to the original blueprints for the Super Duty
0: Battle Tank. It also is crewed by fewer. The Abrams has four members of crew, whereas the MOBAT, only three. Mm. And by being smaller, it is lighter, more maneuverable. Probably can't take as much punishment. But then again, considering G.I. Joe's standard operational procedures and, and, and the type of operation that they're most likely engaged in, it makes perfect sense as their main battle tank.
1: Yeah, and it comes with the track repair kit and spare tracks, so even if it's out there, it can still repair itself. So keep running, you know. hmm
0: And its maximum range, once again, according to good old Devil's Due, is 300 miles. Wow. And contrast that with the Abrams, which can only do 265 miles. So this... Tank is kind of leaping off the pages of science fiction, basically. It's taking what was in existence, uh, what uh, main battle tanks could do uh, circa 1980, and then bumped it all up a notch. Then, in the Cobra corner, you bump it up a few notches more with what? the hits, high speed sentry.
2: His tank, his tank, mom and dad, bunny, his tank. <laughs>
0: Speaking purely in terms of the numbers, <clears throat> the Hiss tank can do 75 miles per hour on the road, 60 miles cross country. per hour cross-country. Cross country. Its range, fully loaded, is 275 miles, which is just 25 miles short of the Mobat's range. And it is armed with dorsal-mounted twin 30mm automatic cannons with 2,000 rounds of ammunition each.
1: Ooh. According to devil's due.
0: But there is some contention with the Hiss.
1: According to the original blueprints, they have twin 90mm cannons.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: I know, that's a big discrepancy. But I'm assuming, perhaps, Devils do try to sort of, like, make things a bit more realistic. So I'm assuming, what, 90mm, that's, like, huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that is pretty huge. Well, it's... It's, uh, it's, it's approaching slight...
1: the size of a cannon. I mean, it's 40mm millimeter, millimeter shy of a cannon.
0: Look, anything 20mm or, or above is classified as cannon. So, 30mm Double Diablo cannons is accurate. Mm. It's possible that they are 90mm. Okay. Because, I mean, if you've ever held the toy, those cannons are, you know, in terms of the 1 to 18 scale, would be about 90mm in diameter.
1: Yeah, they're quite impressive.
0: So, it could easily fire a 90mm shell.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Which brings it in pretty close parity with the MOBAT in terms of armament. It's definitely faster than the MOBAT, but is it tougher?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, you have the, the, you know, the, the canopy, but, I mean, according to the Blueprints, it's a shell-proof tinted canopy, but, I mean, how shell-proof can a glass canopy be, you know, against, like, thick armor?
0: Yeah, it's probably bulletproof at best. Yeah. And yeah. because of its, its low angle of attack... It could probably deflect, uh, you know, if, if you... Yeah,
1: because the canopy, you know, like the main place is like high. It's like above.
0: All of the armor you know, is rather... It's below.
1: Yeah. It's it's, it's designed to you know, repel like explosives and, and other shit like that.
0: We always ridicule the his Tank for having this glaring weakness, being the glass canopy. But at range, it's probably very difficult to aim, and, and it's probably very difficult to hit it. And if you're going to hit the Hiss Tank with a weapon at range you know, the Mobat's 130mm cannon would probably take a His tank out in one shot, no matter where you fire.
1: Yeah. Or where yeah you... True. It's like, you know, like trying to always go for a headshot in video games, you know. It's a definite kill, but it's still very difficult to hit.
2: To the hiss's disadvantage, though, it's got a fairly high profile. It's not like the Mobat, which has got a low profile. Tanks aim to be lower to the ground. The His tank has the disadvantage of being taller than it should be. It, like floats above its, it's true. Yeah. It's but... silly, actually, in
0: some ways. Sure, it's a far-out design, but it does have some redeeming factors. I mean, the point that is the highest on it is the armament. Yeah. So it's yeah. able to peer over obstacles and position itself in such a way that the only thing that, that is visible
1: is, is the gun turret.
0: turret. Yeah. Yeah. Also, by having the driver's section as elevated as it is, he's got a pretty decent view of the battlefield. And while the Mobat's commander might be able to see all these instruments in a glance... The hiss driver is actually seeing the entire battlefield in a glance. And no doubt there are readouts, perhaps even head-up displays printed on the glass itself, which allow him to take in all the vehicles, vitals, and battlefield information. Uh, This is something that was touched on in the blueprints for sure.
1: The sequel has infrared stuff. The original has a uh, two-way radio, spotlights. It's got boogers, I mean (laughs) bogeys. Uh, it's got drive wheels, so it can drive around.
0: Another redeeming quality to the his tank's design is exactly how sloped the front track is. Yes. It's probably able to go over some pretty insurmountable terrain. Hmm. The mobat being as low slung as it is has pretty low clearance. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it can go across country, but it can't handle like hectic inclines.
0: I imagine the HisTank tank could probably. <laughs> Climb as as high as a 50 degree slope. Yeah, it's, it's like the feet. goat, you know.
1: It can climb like that, you know, like
0: clops all over the rocks.
1: It goes around.
0: And another thing about the hiss one, that subsequent hisses, and I'm speaking specifically about the hiss two, oh, yeah? uh, does not achieve very well. Is that it's very well balanced, in mm-hmm. spite of its design, its very distinctive design, having a forward driver section sort of hanging over the tracks. If you tilt it forward, it will always rock back. Are you will talking never, about the toy? It will never, yes, and the toy. But similarly, a real-life hiss would have similar weight distribution. I mean, yeah. plastic at this scale is probably as heavy as steel. Yeah, I mean, Plastic is a lot thicker than the um, steel on the real real version would be. Except
1: it's, it's not fabricating the weight of the engine and the placement of the engine.
0: And the placement of the engine would probably be over the tracks, which would further ground it and make it a stable platform and not be able to, to flop forward onto its canopy.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you know, they took that in, into consideration, if you could think of this as a real world vehicle, that they did consider that when they built it.
0: Sadly, it wasn't a consideration on the too, 2, which does have the problem of rocking forward over the... The command station.
1: That's why you can put troops in it, to counteract that. (laughs) They were like, oh, shit, it's falling over. Okay, uh, shit, okay, let's just carve up the back and make it possible for them to put toys in there.
0: Which is a toy consideration, not a real world one. Well, gentlemen, I think it's time to vote. In the battle between the His Tank and the Mobats, which would win? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before
2: we even get (laughs) there, let's just quickly outline weaknesses for both. I know that we've spoken about them, we sort of touched them, but let's just put them in point form quickly. Let's just start with the his tank, because it's still fresh in everybody's heads.
0: Well, it wasn't his tank. touched on, but obviously the driver and gunner, in fact, being overly exposed. So
1: exposed, yeah. yeah
0: that's a big one. Um, Gunner's essentially flapping in the breeze. Any sniper could just pick him off. So yeah. if, if we weren't talking about a strict tank battle, if this was an actual war zone, that's a problem with the his tank.
2: Okay. Another thing is, it's got nothing to protect at close range. It doesn't list anything about having any anti-personnel ordnance at all. It's got no chafe rounds, nothing like that. It doesn't list anything like that, so it doesn't have any defensive measures really, except for its speed, of which it, you know it's got a lot of speed. It can haul ass. And its guns, are, although very powerful, are I don't think are strong enough to hold off like heavy armor. It would definitely need to work as a squad. I don't see it as a singular unit it uh, being very effective as a singular unit.
1: Yeah, I agree with those. Yeah.
2: And then with the Mobat, from what I can surmise, okay, it's not as fast, but it's still really fast. I mean t- in terms of in tank terms, it's really fast. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um it's probably got a slower target acquisition. Uh because you know, of the turrets. It's, it they don't you know mention anything about it having some high speed specialized turret or whatever. It's got that. Um Steve, you mentioned earlier that a uh, his tank driver can probably have a much better perception of the battlefield because of his elevated position. The Mobat doesn't have that. It has to rely purely on instruments.
0: Unless you've got the tank commander sitting in the turret as high as <laughs> Steeler does. I mean anyone who has it's a Mobat knows that the, the figure practically all of the figure save for his legs peers out of the top of that turret. Mm. Yeah.
1: That's just, that's a toy consideration though, I think.
0: Yeah. But, uh, makes it but, just but, as precarious as the poor his tank gunner. <laughs> let's just
2: assume if the MOBAT, for example, is a one-man unit, okay? The only disadvantage I can see to it, if it is a one-man controlled craft, okay, which doesn't make, well, it makes sense for, like, a G.I. Joe vehicle, but that's a lot of stress to put on a pilot. It's also something that's difficult to manage. If, if for example, he um, an instrument gets taken out and he's completely blind, n- he would have to feed the information to himself. So we can consider that there's some kind of way to drive the tank while standing. You know, that's the only consideration. That would that would be the one con to the Mobat. Yeah, and then it's a silly thing, but it, and it's not really a con actually. Um it can't climb heels as quickly as a his tank can. I mean, I think I think his tank's going to be pretty good at that. Because mm. of its weird shaped treads and all that.
0: Gentlemen, it's time to vote. The way I see this playing out because they're both light, small, hit and run type armored vehicles, the Hiss tank is just lighter, smaller, faster, and more effective at that role. It offers gunner and driver a better view of the battlefield, and that's vital in terms of getting the jump on your opponent, yeah. which is exactly how this kind of conflict would, would go down, would play itself out. Neither of these vehicles are going to necessarily be able to withstand a lot of punishment from another armored vehicle. The design, sure, to, to perhaps uh, lost longer against infantry-type battles. But against another tank packing serious firepower, yeah, I'm going to go with the Hiss.
2: Cool. Robbie?
1: Uh, it's such a difficult choice. Like, I just want Joe to
0: win because it's Joe.
1: But, yeah, I think... I have to go with Steven. Like, what would win this would be speed. If you can get away from your the other guy faster, stay out of the way of his cannon. Speed
0: and probably stealth. Yeah. But yeah. The, the Hiss just looks like, a, a lot more sophisticated design elements have gone into it. Whereas the Mobat it's a heavy, clunky, loud, big tank.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I give it to the Hiss as well. They would we come up tops. And the fact that you have, like, someone else to see things with you, there's two people in there, while the Mobat is one guy hes has to think for himself, yeah, it's, it's stressful, he's got to do everything himself. If he doesn't notice something, he's going to die. So I think, yeah, Hiss... Definitely.
2: Okay, I think that um, not that we're of... so much. We're <laughs> <No, let's... laughs> weird. weird. Uh, uh-huh. um, uh, because I feel that in a battlefield situation, um, having the right tools for the job is always, you know, a consideration. Um, having speed, the element of surprise, as mentioned, is a is an important factor. Also, um, having heavy armor is great and everything. And and I'm sure, like most guys will uh, that have been in war and stuff like that, will tell you. You know, having, you know, armor and stuff like that, you know, providing punch is a great morale booster. It's something that definitely makes you feel like you're moving forward. Um, I think if you had to face off against something like five or six his tanks um, in the battle at once uh, with, you know, with the fact that they use machine guns, they're very quick to move. Uh, I think as a, as a human being, you would feel very threatened by it. I think it would definitely cause a lot of hell for you. I'm not entirely sure if the his tanks' turrets can lift. Um, because I don't have the original version one his tank to verify that, but um, it might not have a lot of protection from say something like a helicopter or whatever. But I would be pretty frightened having that on the battlefield. Uh, tanks tend to be quite sluggish um, and are generally used to to focus on other armor or other like sort of you know heavy infantry sort of units. So my vote is going to be the his tank because it is fast, it's scary, it's dangerous, and as far as wacky as it looks, I really like the aesthetic as well. So, landslide victory to the HIST tank on this
0: one. Which I find surprising. I really do. I mean, I th- I always thought the HIST tank was kind of hokey as an armoured vehicle, and it wouldn't be able to dominate the battlefield, and that it, it basically used its sheer numbers. But if you examine what attributes it has, it does put it on top.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the Mobat is probably better against other tanks, slightly slower tanks, you know. Yeah. The, it has the... So it can use its its its, its relative scenario. its relative relative faster speed to beat its other armored enemies. Yeah. All
0: right. Round one to Cobra. Yes. Yes, Cobra. Round two takes us beneath the waves, and also above the ocean, uh, into the aerial battleground. Because we've selected both the Cobra and GI Joe flying submarines. <laughs> On the Joe side of the fence, we have the Shark, the submersible high-speed attack and reconnaissance craft. And in the Cobra corner, we have the Sea Ray, which doesn't actually stand for anything. Ha ha, Sea
2: Ray. Sea Ray, did you mean the Sea Ray?
0: Nobody beats <laughs> the Joe, But now Cobra's got the Sea Ray.
2: C-ray is a
0: fighting machine. Out the to Spinnery. Incredible sea ray splits to become a mini sub and an armored glider. Cobra. <clears throat> Cobra Sea Ray is a formidable flying nemesis for Cobra. Woo. It's a highly armed attack craft that quickly disengages to become a submarine and glider wing. So, to separate or not to separate? What do you mean? What I mean is, do you ignore the fact that it separates into two different items or do you play that out? It's a toy. I'm going to take it for everything it can do.
1: I'm going to I'm going to ride that pony. The separation
0: has the one major flaw. Okay, it's got a few, but the one that really sticks in my mind is that both halves are impoverished by the separation. Mm-hmm. When the glider takes to the skies without the main portion, it no longer has guns and the submarine loses most of its missile army armament. And as far as I can tell, all of those missiles are in fact missiles. The blueprints go on to say that they are air to surface missiles. Yes. So why do two of them remain on the submarine?
1: Ooh, burn.
0: Well, it kind of, to me, suggests that these are multi purpose weapons. Mm. That they are perhaps air to surface and surface to surface. And maybe if you really want to stretch your, um, your sort of sci fi or sci fantasy. Uh, realm a little bit, might even be torpedoes. I
1: don't know.
0: They've got a kind of a torpedo look to them. That back end of the missile looks like it could be a, an underwater propulsion system. And that would make a lot more sense because what is the sea ray supposed to sink or fight?
2: Mm. Is yeah. it supposed
0: to take off from the water and do strafing runs? Or is it supposed to be able to take out ships? Given what it can do, it should be able to do both. Yeah except its armament doesn't suggest anti-shipping missions, unless it's always going to take off, swoop down, and fire its missiles. But that would just be throwing away its elements of surprise. I mean, to be able to stay hidden beneath the waves is surely far preferable to taking off, exposing yourself to anti-aircraft fire, and trying to achieve your objective that way. The Shark, on the other hand, for its role, which is twofold, being a reconnaissance and an attack craft, it does pack two torpedoes. And those torpedoes look like they could very easily take out a bug or a hammerhead or any of the um, subsidiary vehicles that, that attach to the bug and hammerhead. So yes. it does have that anti-sub or anti-shipping avenue of attack. But then, just like the Sea Ray, it can rockets out of the water and uh, strafe targets cool. with its other weapons, which are four 30-millimeter cannon,
1: Tidal wave cannons, to Wicked. be precise.
0: So, if locked in combat, which of these two craft comes out on top? The Cobra's weapons always seem
2: to be about, you know, numbers. I think if you have to take the Sea Ray, for what it is, it's not the kind of vehicle that, like you said, it wouldn't really, like, be designed to attack anything in, you know, or in particular. It wouldn't be like, oh, okay, it's just floating around and something attacks it and it's called just weaponry. It would go out with, like, three or four other guys to go and take out some kind of naval vessel, like a whale or something, you know, to sort of try to get there through under the water and maybe pop up and then unleash its payload on a whale and hope that it destroys it. And then, um, you know, with its breakaway feature, that probably gives it a smaller profile so it's a better escape craft. Um, that's that's the way I see it. I see the sea the ray as kind of a very disposable concept uh, and also as possibly a reconnaissance thing. You know, it, it can move around, um, you know, Barely undertake that, I'm sure, underwater, and you know, scout out things, and you know, maybe fly, do a small flyover and disappear back to the water. But it's not like, you know, like, as a Cobra pilot, you're going to fly at this thing and go, oh, look, there's a Joe base, and then suddenly attack it.
0: Well, it is a very stealthy craft. I mean, courtesy of the Sea Slug, which is the Sea Ray's navigator and pilot, courtesy of his file card, it says that the Sea Ray is equipped with a noise generator that can mimic the sounds produced by a humpback whale. Oh, that it also has almost no heat signature and sits low in the water when on the surface. Very cool. It also sends back a very indistinct bounce on all known sonars because of its rubberized hull. Huh.
1: All known sonars. I'm pretty sure they don't know anything about Joe sonar. Oh,
0: closely guarded secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you view them as such disposable craft. I mean, maybe that's uh, your cartoon the influence. The fact that
1: they, they, they separate. I mean, it kind of suggests one part can escape while the other sort of covers.
0: Yeah, like the cheap
2: part is actually the back with the wings and stuff. Yeah. And that's where the payload is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you that you Launch be that, like... the other guy goes home.
1: I mean, there's a precedent in in Cobra for like launching like fire and forget like people and like things. <laughs> you know, like with the, with the Night Raven, with that little pod that sits on top of it and the mamba with its you know, like rocket pod things. Yeah. You know, they, they have so many troops. You know, yeah, it costs tons of money to train up troops. Well, with the guy you're putting in the rocket pod, it doesn't matter as long as he can sort of aim himself towards the enemy. That's good. That's
2: what that's what happens if you don't get to be a, an alley viper or just a viper. Yeah, you end up being a <laughs> a pod pilot.
1: Yeah, I mean, Cobra is <laughs> even for the, the useless. Like, ah, he shows no aptitude towards uh, being anything. <laughs> uh, let's pop him in one of those. We'll give your family extra insurance.
2: <laughs> it's like, it's an accountant with no physical skill. So he's like he doesn't pass the Crimson Guard exam. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just see it as a very disposable thing because like, yeah, like what Rob said, like Cobra has a lot of that. I mean, it's not like the Mamba comes back and picks up, you know, one of those drones. It just sort of like <laughs> carries on. One of the few like Cobra vehicles that does want to, to come back as a fang, puts one guy in there, he, he shoots a whole bunch of stuff and then he flies it back. Okay, yeah.
0: a fang I agree is disposable. A cobra sea sled, no doubt, is disposable.
2: Shit, that think tugger practice?
0: But <laughs> the Sea Ray is equipped with two twenty-six thousand pound turbojet engines.
2: Yeah, you probably find that, what the like <laughs> I said.
0: Which which means that it has a thousand pounds of thrust more than the F-15 Eagle. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Never mind the fact that you know water pressure isn't accounted for or anything, you know.
0: And the blueprints also specify that the sea ray is capable of speeds approaching Mach 2. Mach two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's if you can take the blueprints on face value, which you can't really. But the bottom line is this is a far more sophisticated vehicle, being a submersible that flies than a cheap one-man. Uh, yeah, but gyrocopter. all that stuff
1: is attached to the cabin. It's not attached to the wings, is it?
0: Well, the cabin is the submersible part. The wings possess the thrust. Really? Look. To be perfectly honest, guys, I choose to ignore the break-apart feature. Okay. I love the fact okay. that it's a flying submarine. I can suspend my disbelief to that point.
1: But if it breaks apart, that's just stupid.
0: <sighs> because it doesn't serve itself any good by doing so. We just
1: gave you a plausible reason for why it would break apart.
0: It's an escape feature.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, why, think about why,
0: don't you just, why don't you just fly the whole damn thing back to base, if that's an option?
1: Because, look how small it is. Once it's fired off those things, it's defenseless. It needs to have a distraction. It's like, you know, doing like a magic trick. You know, you distract the people with a thing, the thing over here. of here.
0: So exactly. Can, so the pilot drops the submersible section off. Yeah. Hopefully in the water. Yeah. How, how does it then scramble back onto the glider portion?
2: No, it doesn't. No, there are two people.
0: <laughs> but when the, when the two halves are together, the person who was in the glider portion is crushed.
1: No, he's just in the back. He's hanging on.
0: That's a
2: feature I, I prefer to ignore on that vehicle thank you. Uh, Ah, brilliant. Now we have consensus. No, 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 no. That's a split apart. The fact that there's a human being that connects himself, that straps himself to the bottom of that thing, that is completely implausible to me. I mean, if they hit Mark II underwater, okay, (laughs) he's got six missiles and a dead body to throw at his enemy. You know what I mean? It's terrible. But, it's like, yeah, I have this Cobra Viper, whatever's left of him.
1: (laughs) Another. Oh so it's like it's a manned vehicle with an unmanned vehicle attached to it
2: yeah that's the way I see it it's like it's like you're flying you go you're like you you're going up against uh, you know I, I can't think of a a really good heat seeking g i Joe vehicle right now, but you fly up, you pop out of the water, you shoot off all your six missiles into the enemy, they get a beat on you, you jettison that back portion which has got all of the heat, all of the like missile fires drawn to that, and you plot back in the water and you like get away
0: we've we discussed the sea ray quite a bit. We our attention to the submersible high speed attack and reconnaissance craft, the GI Joe Shock. It has a maximum speed of 25 knots under the water and 850 miles per hour in the air. That is past the speed of sound. It's a good 100 miles per hour faster than the speed of sound.
1: Not as fast as a sea ray, though. Not as fast as a sea ray, sure.
0: But it's able to do Mach 1. Ah. underwater,
2: that's just not going to happen. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, no. That's why it says 25 knots submerged. Ah. So, these are very, very high performance craft. I mean, if you can take these values as gospel, they're able to do insane speeds, and still land, and submerge, and then re-emerge and do it all again. The shark most certainly has fewer items of ordnance, Mm. but By having two torpedoes, it is able to engage targets beneath the waves, whereas the Sea Ray, as far as we can tell, its modus operandi is to maneuver its position underwater, take off, and then engage targets. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just a way of sneaking up on its enemies.
0: It's an assault and a recon unit. Yeah. I'd say the Sea Ray, no doubt, is able to deal more death, but in Hmm. a real-world scenario... Which of these vehicles comes out on top? Who?
2: One of the glaring, like, failures to the C ray, I'm sure you guys agree, is the missiles are on top of the wings. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which is odd. Uh, I, I think it's cool on a toy, but it's odd. It's not. It's, it doesn't work in real life.
1: Yeah, it makes no sense
2: aerodynamically.
0: It doesn't have very good flying characteristics, I think, <laughs> is what, what you're trying to say there, Paulie. Yeah. Also, yeah, to add to that, it's got those two missiles on,
2: on the rear of its canopy, now, if you had to fire that, it's implausible, but it could happen. You fire it, and you yaw to the right. I mean, that missile, mm. the correction doesn't happen, and you blow yourself up. That's a failure with that unit. So it would have to actually be focused. It would have to be very still and to launch that payload as well.
0: Well, thankfully, mm. the C-Ray doesn't have a vertical stabilizer, so I don't think it's going to be able to yaw. In <laughs> fact, <laughs> the C-Ray doesn't have a single control surface on it, I oh. don't think. So it doesn't control its flights using control surfaces.
1: It uses mental it, focus.
0: If I was to guess, focus. I'd say it uses Magic. directional thrust.
1: Oh, you're saying it like like anti-gravity. I would,
0: <laughs> I would say these, uh, these twin <laughs> nozzles on the bottom, these twin 26,000-pound thrust engines are capable of being angled down or from side to side. Yeah, like I mean... Yeah,
1: yes. now made, it does look like something from Wipeout, which is cool.
0: I love the Sea Ray. I like how it looks. Yeah, it's a beautiful
1: it look. It uh, is
0: so much fun. In fact, both of these craft are so much fun. I used to like turn my nose up at the concept of flying submarines, see. but if you look at their history in the GI Joe line. The fact that they were, they were introduced in the form of the shark in 1984, mm. and the only reason it was made into a flying submarine is because when it was play tested with kids, or at least this is how the famous story goes, uh, when it was play tested with kids, they refused to treat it like a submarine. Instead, they swooped it around like an aircraft, so it became a flying submersible.
1: Because that's what it looks like. It looks like a spacecraft. It like does. A, you know.
0: Certainly, it's got some kind of Falstaff Galactica Colonial Viper look to yeah, it. Yeah, that's
1: what happens. Yes. If you see it for the first time and you haven't been told what it is, I, think I would it's think
0: it's a
2: spaceship. Yeah, or a jet. Yeah.
0: It's very spaceship. Yeah.
2: I, I love the aesthetics on both. I think I, I'm definitely, and my Woods this year, I'm going to get both this year. Mm.
0: Terrific. Yeah. Good, good
2: choices. Uh, Great fun in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I didn't really notice this about the shark until now, but it's got those two little pop-up Vulcan cannons. Oh, well, it looks like little Vulcan cannons.
1: <laughs> yeah, they pop out of the uh, the engines. That's so cool.
0: They're nifty. I would say they they fail to look like convincing guns.
1: So short.
0: But, you know, they're double 30mm cannon, Yeah. uh, according to the blueprints. So this thing has a lot of bite when it gets airborne. Mm. And in fact, when it just submerges, those things can pop out and and easily lay waste to the hulls of of vessels.
2: Uh, Or at least do some decent strafing runs to allow
0: other units to get through as well. Pepper shoreline defenses. Okay, but getting back on track... Firstly, let's make it a dual category. Which is more effective at its task and which would be able to defeat the other in one-on-one combat? I'd say it would be rather difficult for either vessel to track its quarry. Mm -hmm. Beneath the waves, these are very small. The sea ray goes as far as to to mask its own acoustical signature uh, like a humpback whale or other natural marine fauna. Like a crocodile fart. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever. I mean, they're very sneaky craft, and that's how they operate. But let's say good old c Ray was making an attacking run on some GI Joe installation, and Deep Six was in and around the same body of water, and he was the only Joe capable of responding in a pinch. So he takes off in hot pursuit. The Sea Ray launches a bevy of its air-to-surface missiles at the GI Joe installation. Uh, no doubt would have some success. But then checks on his six, deep six, (laughs) 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 creeping up on his six. (laughs) And hard. Firstly, I think being, in my mind, a VTOL craft, the Sea Ray would be able to turn on a dime and start engaging the Shark. The Shark, I don't think, has that hover capability. So it would go for the high speed pass and try and tear into him with the guns.
1: I like that. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, I think for you for these guys to engage each other at all, one or the other has to have revealed themselves. They're not there to attack each other specifically. It has to be the one is on a mission, the other one is there in escort to something else. And then that's how an engagement would occur. It's not a natural thing. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go out and hunt you.
0: But in the air, it's purely a gunfight.
1: Yeah, very much so. two
0: very small, very fast craft. Yeah. With rather poor uh, maneuvering characteristics. <laughs> So these these are not very well positioned as dogfighters because of their limited maneuverability, mm. high speed to low weight ratio. I mean they they're built to bullet in one direction very quickly. Yeah, I think the Sea Ray would outrun the shark.
1: Yeah, two times as fast according to the blueprints Almost twice as fast. Well, this is Mark One. That's Mark Two.
0: But in order to avoid. Being picked up by a GI Joe jet scramble, I think the sea ray would then try and escape beneath the waves. Yep. The shark has the ability to pursue it.
1: Yeah. And are under the water. In I that think.
0: scenario, the shark has two torpedoes, two shots at at taking out the sea ray.
1: Hmm.
0: Yep. I don't know. In 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 the scenario that I've painted, I think the shark would would ace the sea ray. Yeah. I think
2: yeah, the pilot of the Sea Ray would definitely feel um, claustrophobic with the shark all over it, you know, and mm. it wouldn't be able to get as far in the air, it would definitely, like you said, probably pull into the water to get away, and that is actually the place where the shark actually thrives, it, it, it's it got the two torpedoes, like you mentioned, and yeah, I, I agree with you there, Steve, I think the shark is definitely the better for the head-on conflict there. Mm.
0: Do you suppose the cannons have any functionality under the water?
2: Uh, For the shark, I don't think so. I actually don't think either. Um, With the way that they move and the way that you can't shoot while it's like swallowing water. Yeah. Yeah, You know, this is, I mean, this is not a craft that's standing still and like shooting like around one round, one round, one round. It's shooting X amount of rounds per second, which means it's flooding itself very quickly or it's going to flood itself. Yeah, they'd
1: have to be kind of like automatically reloaded like spear guns for it to actually work at all.
2: Yeah, it'd have to be some kind of gas uh, operated like projectile. Yeah. fully, um, and yeah, and, and that's not a high round per second thing, that's more of a deterrent weapon, and I don't know, I think the shark's guns are better suited, and, and also very much the Sea Ray's guns are better suited to be in the air, like when it pops out and does damage that way, I think it's better suited for that. I, I think um, from a design point of view, it would just make more sense to make it that the guns can support troops on the land, not underwater.
0: the water. So, in this combat, you would say the Sea Ray would be able to take out the shark, I mean, you've you've told me that you'd rather be at the helm of a sea ray, Paul, No, I, yeah. in combat with one another.
2: No, I'd be happier being in the shark in that situation.
0: <laughs> Aha, very good. Yes.
2: No, I think the shark is the the better choice for they head on uh, conflict, definitely.
0: Cool, that's one vote for Joe. What do you say, Robbie?
1: It's a difficult choice because, I mean, they aren't really designed in a way to take each other on.
0: Okay, well, phrased differently, if you were considering purely on... Um, on how effectively they fulfill their assigned functions, <coughs> which is the better vehicle? Which one would you prefer to be at the helm of?
1: I think, yeah, I think also the, the shock. I think it does what it needs to do very well. It has the guns for deterrence. It's able to fire to be effective in the air and under the water.
0: Without necessarily needing to pop out of the water.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have to.
0: You know, it could C-Race stay armament. completely
1: under the water, it can do reconnaissance, if necessary, if it can be called upon to fire on something and get out of there quickly. Well, yeah, the sea ray, it's completely dedicated to being above the water. I mean...
2: The water side of it for the sea ray just seems like a, a an option just for movement. It's like, it stays in the water and pops out
0: to do its job. Yeah. Think,
2: yeah.
1: It's completely defenseless in the water. Yeah, I think the shark is the better of the two.
0: While it's purely academic at this point, I'm going to go with the sea ray. Hmm. It's faster. It carries more ordnance. And we're overlooking the fact that, yeah, sure, the toy came with eight air-to-surface missiles, but it would surely be a cinch for Cobra engineers to replace some of those missiles with uh, torpedoes. No, totally. It w- if it was purely operating beneath the waves on a certain sortie, it'd be very easy to give it more purpose-built munitions.
2: I think that's a fair argument to make, and with regard to the to the sea ray, I mean, like we're talking about toys here, anyway. So, I mean. Well, we know they are dual purpose torpedo missile things. It's a t- it's a tricky one though cuz like the one side of me it feels that if I was in a cobra bug or in a hammerhead if sharks had to pop out I'd go oh god, you know. <laughs> it would pretty much be over cuz the sharks are very efficient at at taking out underwater targets. I mean it's as soon as that bug's in the in the water the sharks have got it kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. with, maybe with the exception of it's cannons can find the water, but that's going to be a different argument uh, and I hope that we get to do that one. But T ray yeah, it, it's going to pop up, and it's going to try and take out a whale, and it, I think it still has to work in numbers. I think I think if two or three C-rays pop up, they're very effective, and that's where the shark will be at a disadvantage, because if you're chasing one, you've got another two chasing you, and if they've got more ordnance than you, then it ends up being a numbers game. Mm. The likelihood of you being taken out is higher because of the amount of ammo. Sure.
0: Yeah, and being able to use wingman tactics. Yeah. I don't like the fact that the pilot of the shark is lying prone. That doesn't make it a very effective aircraft. It very firmly grounds it as a submersible. Whereas with the Sea Ray, he's sitting in a more conventional position. He's got two joysticks, uh, which further um, adds credence to the fact that it's probably a vertical VTOL VTOL craft.
1: Mm.
0: It's more ergonomic, I'd say.
2: You know, you mentioned that now. I actually totally forgot that you lie down in the shark. Because I was going to say, the shark gives you a very good um, canopy. You know, it's got a great range, but it's a lot sound. Yeah, it's all uh, wasted. Yeah, it's all wasted. And, in which case, yeah, unfortunately, one point to the C-Ray there, definitely. And if I, yeah, when we vote, it's going to be tough.
0: <laughs> I thought we already had. Okay, well.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. So are My you best. about to be a swing vote? Oh, no, I am going to be a swing
2: his bird. mind
1: with your wily wily waste canopy
2: tactics. No, actually, to be
0: fair, my vote is gonna go C Sing! Well, that is two rounds to Cobra then.
1: Wow. Gee whiz. Yeah, Joe is just sucking. G.I. Maybe G.I. it's, just the, back swinging in the, next it's one. the choices we made, the ones that we decided to pit them against. I think Cobra, yeah. Well, they were to be always fair, gonna win.
0: Co- the Cobra vehicles came second uh, in terms of chronology. I mean, Ooh. the Hiss came out the year after. So
1: essentially, they are the responses to these earlier vehicles. They're yeah. like, how do we make these better? Precisely. What is the better way of having these be fun? And-
0: make them split apart.
1: Oh, yeah. wow. And then, of course, the segues nicely into the next fight.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Our
0: final duel is between two aerial vehicles. And since we've done jets on a previous podcast... Tonight we are going to speak about Gi Joe and Cobra helicopters.
1: <laughs> Thank
0: you, Paul. In the Cobra corner, we have the venerable Mamba attack Ooh. helicopter. Here it is, the Cobra Mamba. Cobra Mamba,
1: its power is frightening from out of the blue. It strikes like lightning. The Cobra Mamba is a fast attack copter with laser guns and missiles on both sides.
0: There's a persuader attack.
1: The Mamba holds three Cobras and the sides detached to become separate attack pods.
0: Triple threat, leadership, Cobra Mamba. Cobra! Yo, Joe! G.I. Joe! American hero! Live the adventure of G.I. Joe. Cobra Mamba and other vehicles and figures sold separately. Yo, Joe! And representing G.I. Joe, we have the Night Attack Chopper from 2002. We all felt that this was a more appropriate matchup than pitting the Mamba against the Tomahawk or Dragonfly. Because, let's face it, the Dragonfly has that retro aesthetic, Mm. but is certainly not on the cutting edge. And against a craft as armed Mm. and as ferocious as the Mamba you need something with a bit more teeth.
1: Sexy, yeah.
0: The Night Attack Chopper came out in 2002 as one of the new new vehicles introduced with the new sculpt line and kind of lived under a bit of a cloud for a time. Devil's Dew touched it a bit in their uh, G.I. Joe reinstated comics and the toy, I suppose, enjoyed some limited exposure through that. <laughs> but for, for most parts, it was an unsung gem. Yeah. It, in fact, apparently was even on clearance in many stores in the United States. Now, of course, it's become a more high-demand item. I certainly think that it's a a really pretty chopper. Uh, It's got a lot going for it. It's certainly got a unique look, very unconventional. Uh, Very hindish, in a way. Yes. Mm. They did a desert camo version, and people did make uh, hind conversions out of their night attack chopper. It's just got one of the most unfortunate names. I can't think of anything more clinical and more unappealing than calling a G.I. Joe helicopter a night attack chopper.
1: It has no knack to it.
0: This <laughs> <laughs> is rather unimaginative.
1: Yeah. Sadly.
0: Whereas other choppers have cool code names. Mamba. Night attack chopper. It's just... Eagle Hawk. It's just a description. It's like the acronym without the acronym. Yeah. yeah. High-speed sentry, motorised battle tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, night attack chopper is rather vapid.
1: Yeah. I...
0: Submersible high-speed attack and reconnaissance craft.
1: Nah.
0: It just—it doesn't have any ring to it. It's but name, name aside, I think it's a very worthy opponent for the Mumba. It's got a hell of a payload. Absolutely, it's guns, 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 and then ten rapid-fire missiles, and what looks like two additional missiles on the actual wing sponsors, But I can't find any uh, evidence, any evidence
1: or any sort of referrals, and a sound attack. Ah, it's brilliant. Sadly, the blueprints and a light.
0: The blueprints are rather lackluster. Being from 2002, it wasn't really an era where much suspension of disbelief occurred. Yeah. Devil's Dude did then put out its battle files.
1: Battle files.
0: In which the Night Attack Chopper was a kind of featured vehicle. It certainly has prominence on the cover. And the inside goes on to say, well, let me do this in chronological order. We'll deal with the mumber first. Yeah. the numbers, it kind of clocks up. Its speed, fully loaded, clocks in at 210 miles per hour as opposed to the Night Attack Chopper's 400 miles per hour.
1: Yeah, wow.
0: It has a maximum range of 450 miles, that's the Cobra Mamba, compared to the Night Attack Chopper's 475 miles. Hmm. And in terms of armament, well, the Night Attack Chopper, just as I say, has guns, guns, guns. One turret-mounted 10mm minigun with 3,500 rounds of ammunition, one starboard side-mounted 10 millimeter drum-fed minigun with 6,000 rounds of ammunition, <laughs> and one side-mounted 50 caliber machine gun with 900 rounds of ammunition, and then of course the 10 medium-range air-to-air wildfire missiles. The Mamba has, well, doesn't have a great deal, according to this publication, uh, but we'll fill in the blanks. Yeah. According to Devil's Due, it has two laser-guided anti-tank missiles and five supersonic air-to-air missiles. Uh, no. It has four supersonic air-to-air missiles and four or eight, depending on how many you have lying around, <laughs> laser-guided anti-tank missiles.
1: Yeah. It also
0: has four nylon millimeter rapid rate of fire machine guns with a thousand rounds each.
1: Yep. Serpentor.
0: Yeah. Serpentor rapid fire. Named
1: after him because he was fast. <laughs>
2: That's what Baroness said.
1: <laughs> being 9mm guns, they're mainly anti personnel. Definitely, I mean, guns. and they're 1mm they're smaller than the ones on the neck.
0: And that doesn't <laughs> even go on to mention the fact that it has two bombs and one yes. enormous missile under slung. So the Mumba and the neck are both armed to the teeth.
1: They're ready for this.
0: I'm going to say this much about the neck, though. It, it's, it's wildfire missiles. But being strictly air-to-air make me think that this is some kind of interceptor craft. It's meant to go out and hunt jets or Cobra attack craft like, uh, like Rattlers, like Mambas. Mm.
1: So it's actually f- designed for that purpose, to actually take out other aircraft.
0: Well, according to according to the paraphernalia, according to the
1: what according is
0: to this, this guide? Uh. But I would say that's a waste. Once again, to not be able to use those missiles in a, in an air to surface capacity.
1: Yeah, re- just loaded with other things like we did with Sea Ray.
0: I'd be very hesitant to say that the night attack chopper is not in some air support ground attack role. Mm. Mm. It most certainly has that facet, but the fact that it's packing. 10 anti aircraft missiles, and it's now going up against the Cobra Mumba. That does say quite a bit. The Mumba has four anti aircraft missiles and machine guns, and it's a very stealthy aircraft. Mm. Its entire design is, is, is around being low profile, low noise, until, of course, it fires off its uh, twin way. attack pods.
1: <laughs> Fire and forget. <laughs>
2: Fire and forget people. (laughs) Which, once
0: again, have no maneuvering characteristics whatsoever. You're definitely firing them off as kind of projectiles.
2: (laughs) And when you run out of ammo, just, you know, ditch them.
1: (laughs) It makes escaping easier, just dropping all that dead weight.
0: Mm. And I'm sure it would make (laughs) Soon
1: to be dead weight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It would also have the effect of making the mamba even more maneuverable than it currently is. Yes. With its meshed rotor design.
1: Yeah, I can tell you right now, I mean, my vote is, is all for the Mambo. I mean, I'm so glad I own one of those. Think, Me too. You know, I'm glad you're glad I own
2: one of those. Thanks. No, I'm glad I own one of oh, those. Oh,
1: excellent. See, we all own one of these. And the interesting thing about the NAC is it's conspicuous for the fact that we don't own it. All of the other vehicles we've discussed tonight are in some capacity owned, or in part of a collection. Well, the Knack is not... I, I think right there in front of the
0: listeners.
1: you know that means. So yeah, mamba. Um with the mamba. Mamba all the way. I think it just, mamba. it's just rules. The mamba is my favorite. Because it's like a black snake, but it's purple, like like a head.
0: Like a helmet.
1: Like a helmet. Like <laughs> a nice big helmet. And yeah, like a helmet with spikes on. It beats the night attack chopper. Yeah, mamba for me.
0: Simply because you like it more.
1: I definitely like it more, and I think... I just think the fact that it has twin rotors means that it's more maneuverable. <laughs> it can move around faster. It's just designed to move faster, like a snake in the sky.
0: I'd like, like to a think there was snake. a legitimate reason for the mesh rotor design. Definitely. I mean, lower should...
1: profile, less less sound. The fact that you don't have like this tiny little rotor whining in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> No, but Good. seriously, no, I think there's obviously a reason for it. I mean, it's outlandish. It looks cool. But, you know, it's better equipped, I think. It's, it's, you know, and the people in, in charge of flying it or have had more experience with different types of missions, you know, while the Knack is only like, ah, uh, you know, it's fighting aircraft.
0: Well, that's true. The Mamba comes with a pilot in the form of Gyro Viper. Yes. The Night no, Attack Chopper, even. Mm. Oh,
1: dear. Your sure.
0: name isn't abortion. Nah. Um comes with no included pilot. Mm. So there might be something in that. Yeah. I have a dedicated pilot uh, who is very well versed in his machine uh, with the Mumba. However, with the Night Attack Chopper, it's kind of like anybody can have a go.
1: Yeah, you can scare Wild Bill down the air.
0: I suppose it would be Wild Bill's new ride.
1: Yeah, his area of
0: expertise. Pretty they didn't include Wild Bill with him. They uh, should have,
1: not it. like the dragonfly. Who wants
2: a Wild Bill with wide shoulders anyway.
0: well at least hey look at least the Night Attack Chopper doesn't struggle to accommodate 25th or modern era star Joes whereas I'm sure all three of us can agree Mm. the Mamba it's a mission
2: I can attest. it is a mission
0: it's a mission to even put vintage G.I. Joes in that damn thing
1: what? I've never struggled with vintage G.I. Joes
0: well you never play with your damn Mamba
1: I do I play (laughs) with my Mamba every time at home I I take that snake out and I just (laughs) eat it around the room (laughs) Because it's got that mechanism. You just sort of pump it.
0: Smooth and purple.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and the, 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 the rotors turn and turn.
0: Okay, <laughs> That's <ahead>. comfortable... <laughs> it's like twisting a cap. <laughs> <Or> a <cauldron. laughs> you totally beat me to it. <laughs>
1: it hurts, but... Because it's so old. <laughs> you need to oil it up, then. Sometimes some bits come off, you know, reattach them, glue or press stick, if you like. A little bit of the
0: old uh, oh, sticky okay. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just to sing the Night Attack Chopper's praises a little bit as a toy, mm. and I really do want to get one now. Okay, I did want to get one this time yesterday. <laughs> before I saw that the Tomahawk is being re-released. Now I'm not so sure.
1: Yeah, Tomahawk all the way. Eaglehawk,
0: Whatever. I prefer my Dragonhawk, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> I stumbled onto this debate on his tank, and the Dragonhawk was under consideration, uh, and it was being compared to the Knight Attack Chopper, and the landslide victory went to the Knack.
2: <laughs> mm. It's probably
0: because the Knack can fit people better. It's the only major
2: problem with the Dragonhawk.
0: Absolutely. Mm. The Knack... I didn't even know it had a bit of crew capacity behind the cockpits. I mean, you've got a cockpit which holds three. So Mm. you've got a pilot and then two buddies to make conversation with. Mm. But then behind that, there's a sliding door with a troop section. I think it seats two, but you could probably cram it with a few more. Have guys really kind of packed the rafters in there. It's a plausible, small troop insertion vehicle.
2: Hmm.
0: And it's got features that I actually enjoy. I mean, the rear end makes for a great handle, which you can say what you will about toys that include handles, Mm. but sometimes choppers, you just don't know where to grip the damn thing. And on the neck, it's made easier. Agreed.
2: Very, Mm -hmm.
0: very sturdy. Uh, In addition to that, you've got another handle that comes out of the, the fuselage, which allows you to raise the wings and fire the missiles, which fire extremely well. Uh, If YouTube videos or anything to go by and fire one at a time or two at a time until the racks are empty and they rotate. That's a cool
1: feature. It's a
0: very cool feature. This is a cool, cool toy. And if for nothing other than that, I would say it beats the (laughs) Mumba. It's a cool toy. Better play features. Look, it's got 10 missiles. It's more state of the art. It's a G.I. Joe response to an attack helicopter like the Mumba. And if that's in, not enough to go by, it looks like a stealth chopper. I mean, anyone who's seen Zero Dark Thirty, you see what attributes a chopper needs in order to be stealthy, and it's a certain kind of sloping to its, uh, its fuselage and noise-dampening technology, some of which the Mumba has, but I can appreciate it more fully in the Night Attack chopper. Wow. It also has wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the Mumba? I don't know, man. Once the pods have been jettisoned, the thing all of a sudden becomes very back-heavy.
1: Well, that's good. It gives it better lift.
0: It makes it land like a piece of shit.
1: Huh. Well, you're obviously not a pilot.
0: Obviously not. But yeah, also, I mean, just coming back to the practicalities of it, you will not struggle to get modern-era G.I. Joes into any facet of the Night Attack Chopper. Whereas the Mamba, forget it. Yeah, I agree. Forget about it. So I think that makes it a sweeping victory for Cobra. Why? Well, the scores as they stand. In the Mobat versus Hiss, we all went with Hiss. Yes. Shark versus C Ray. Rob went for Shark. I
1: did, and then Steven somehow convinced Paul that the C is was better.
0: So Cobra wins again. Damn it. And in our helicopter battle, both you fellas are backing the number. No, no, I like the Mamba. I'm not bad. I didn't vote for Wait it. Wait a minute. Oh my you goodness. You didn't even give
1: Paul a chance to talk.
2: <laughs>
0: Are you swinging on
2: it?
1: Well, he's not swinging. I'm actually
2: swinging not going to. I'm not swinging, but I, it's, it's very difficult because I really love the Mamba aesthetically. I think it's a very cool looking helicopter, okay? Both of these vehicles seem to have troop deployment capability, the one is a little more harsh than the other. <laughs> but the thing, And for me, I imagine that the Mamba does jettison those and that they have a bit of like a chute or something that yeah. gets them down softly. And the way I like to see it is, you know, if you take something like a shadow tracker or something, and that's how they deploy shadow trackers or range vipers into these unknown places with a whole bunch of life support gear or whatever that comes with the jettison pod. So that's one side. The Knack has, you know, that troop compartment, which, by the way, has nearly swayed me over to the Knack okay because wow that's actually really cool i'm actually looking on ebay as we speak <laughs> to check one out they both seem to have really great ordnance i can't say which one's better actually because they both seem to be very good at their job they both seem to be very good at sort of anti air and they both seem to be very good at anti ground and anti armor i mean they both come with missiles and bombs and they both have guns so they're pretty equally matched for me it's very difficult to say this but i think they pretty much on a draw. I think they're very much the same. They're level. If we have to assume that the Knack is G.I. Joe's response to the Mamba, it is a very good response. It is something that is equal, if not maybe a little bit better in some aspects. It's got a smaller profile. It's, it's probably more difficult to shoot. It's like It's got those wings that go over the troop, uh, the personnel area. The, the cockpit, it's shielded much like how the Mamba is, but the Mamba is very flat on the bottom, so it makes it easier to hit for a lot of your AA guns and things like that. Honestly, between the two, I think I think they're so evenly matched it's it's difficult to say which is really the best, which is going to dominate. Hmm. You know? Well, hmm. at
0: least the night Attack Chopper has a joystick.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: The Mamba, I don't know, is the guy using uh power of suggestion to for- fly the thing? Also, he's got a very flat angle. I mean... I hate pilot positions that are essentially lying down. Whereas the Night Attack Chopper, he's sitting up, he's sitting properly, and he's in a domed cockpit as opposed to this sort of flat plate. That's a consideration. Another cool element, which I just discovered on this uh, review, it's one of the only two reviews for the Night Attack Chopper on YouTube. I suggest you guys check it out. I think it's by a guy called Roy's Toy Box. But if you type in Night Attack Chopper G.I. Joe, uh, I think you'll only get two actual Uh, hits or two hits that are relevant to this debate this guy went on to show all the features in full full detail over the course of about 30 13 minute review and it's got a winch that you can wind in on the side which is super what a great little detail it enhances the play value of the toy but also gives it another dimension or another role as an actual fighting vehicle also love the hind aesthetic totally
2: I think it's it's a very, very cool helicopter from the front. It's very intimidating. I like it a lot.
0: Mm. I want one. It has wheels. Yes. That's and two joysticks. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you hold the damn Mamba? <laughs> on the back end. Did you?
2: Yeah. Uh, the joysticks on that attack chopper are actually quite well hidden, I have to say.
0: They make the rotors spin. And a sound effect... And the lights switch on. It's just, it's super. This is a super-duper toy. I am kicking myself for not getting one earlier. Well, I sent you a link. You can get one now. <laughs> Ugh, it's like $60, man. These things were being on clearance for like 8 I know. Anyway, spilt milk. Let's not cry. Maybe the, the prices will plummet uh, in the wake of the Tomahawk or Eagle Hawk being announced. Hell, enough with the Hawks. It's like Skyhawk was no longer available, so they went with Ghosthawk. Uh, Hawk was no longer available, so they went with General Hawk or G.I. Joe Hawk.
1: <laughs>
0: and now Tomahawk is not available, so they're going with Eagle Hawk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What a shame. But, anyways, Which, we all know it's a Tomahawk.
1: True.
2: Which uh, brings me to a thought I had today after seeing the Eagle Hawk. Hawk's full codename or call sign is General Tomahawk Amadathi. So, does that mean that the Tomahawk helicopter was actually named after him?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bit of an afterthought, I think. Is it? I think uh, the character Hawk only started becoming named Tomahawk after 1986. Yeah, I think that was probably in the New Sculpt era. Because it gives it a bit of mythos. I
2: mean, it's, it's basically saying that one of the best workhorses in the G.I. Joe you know, fleet is named after one of the toughest Joes, you know? and I think that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice. Didn't quite work out that way, but yeah, but, it's a nice thought, Paulie, but yeah, I don't think it's supported by the, actual by the chronology of these things.
1: So what have we decided with the uh, Mamba versus the
0: Yeah, NAC? I want to know what side of the fence you're falling on now, Paul. Ah, oh, dude. Ugh.
2: I hate this, and you are so good at this, and it drives me crazy. I love the Mamba so much. I love it. I love it. It's like, I got a, a pretty much mint in box one. I got to open that bad boy. but And I don't even own a Knack, and I'm looking on eBay for a Knack, and I have to say, I think the Knack takes it but by like one point, and that's the canopy thing, you know, the fact that you know, oh, it's two points actually. The one is that the pilots get to sit upright in the canopy, which is actually a bit of a pet peeve of mine as well. And the winch—I really like the idea of having a winch. It's like the mamba doesn't have a winch.
1: How and does the winch win the battle between the mamba and the neck? What do they like? Winch something up from the ground and throw it in the, in the way of the mamba.
2: No, Which has nothing
1: to do with them fighting each other.
2: Yeah, but the winch is cool because it like you know you can like you know it can pick up snake mm-hmm. eyes and. You can... You know, oh, throw
1: it at the mumbo. Yeah. It's completely irrelevant to a fight between the two. And the fact that the NAC has space to have troops in it is useless. It's wasted space. And you're carrying all these extra people. It's making your bloody helicopters heavier. Yeah, but it's The something fact that, that the mumbo can just drop those extra parts makes it faster. It has, yeah. a, it has sort of like a, a sleeker profile.
0: Well, if the numbers are anything to go by... Yeah, I think maybe Devil's Dew were kissing a bit too much ass by making the Night Attack Chopper almost twice as fast as the Mamba. Yeah,
1: they were They're like, ah, it's Joe, it's, it must be better. But no, I think they're it probably rotor. a lot. Yeah, it's got one rotor as well. And it's three blades on that rotor, not even four. <laughs> and it's got a weird configuration for those blades as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's it's got some, some interesting quirks. It's I think in the maneuverability,
1: the Mamba, the, the Mamba would, would, would win this fight.
0: Would the pods, would you suspend your disbelief as far as the the... pods can
1: actually move independently? Yeah. I think...
0: I've seen it done in a uh, G.I. Joe online role-playing game. Sort of uh, text-based role-playing game.
1: I think you should be able to do that.
0: These two craft actually did dogfight one another and while the Night Attack Chopper was able to shoot down the Mamba, the Mamba was able to release its pods, which then doubled back and shot the shit out of the Night Attack Chopper. So I she- think
1: so. I, I think it's it's plausible to think that they have, yeah, limited time of use. You know, they're not very big, probably don't have a lot of fuel. But once you fire those off, because of the, the, the rocket-propelledness, they would be able to maneuver perhaps fast enough to be able to attack whatever enemy you have and actually give you the edge.
0: Mm. The problem is they're just loaded to bear with uh, anti-surface weapons. Mm.
1: But still, There's you're you she- harassing an enemy vehicle. that That gives the main craft a chance to actually take out your enemy
0: yeah the mamba if you're able to bring in those pods would certainly give the night attack chopper a very hard time
1: yeah and there's no waste of space
0: there's there's no
1: there's no space there for a winch there's no winch we're not wasting space for winches there's no extra space for extra troops He's gonna sit in there and wonder, oh shit, are we gonna die in the next couple of minutes? No, in a fight between the Knack and the Mumba, the Mamba wins. Every
2: time. The stealth quality of the neck, I mean, of the Mumba does definitely give it an upper hand. Mm. It's By a quick... virtue
0: of its name, the Night Attack Chopper is a covert's view. <clears throat>
2: Yeah. I, I'm still gonna stand by my two points in favor of the neck. I love the, the mumbo, like I said. I'm not gonna unlove the mumba. I'm, I'm not like oh my god, like the neck is the <laughs> best thing in the world ever. But I do think in this debate, I think the neck does actually take it as as the slightly better chopper. Does not mean it's gonna win every time? No. Because they're very evenly matched. Um and, Joe,
1: and they should win every time.
2: And, and I and actually think uh yeah, I think the fact that it can carry troops the way it does is great. It has to be pretty, pretty well armored to be able to carry troops, so it can take a bit of punishment. It's got a lot of ordnance. They're great. They're both great, but the Knack does take it by like one point or two points for me at least. And it's not just the winch. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to compare them as toys, the one thing the Knack has over the Mumba it's is the definitely winch. being able to hold it. And Yeah. The, yeah, I'd say
1: as a toy that the neck does sound more practical.
2: It's easier to play, to play with. with. But then again, I don't have the neck in front of see. me, so I don't know how big it is. I really love the sheer size of the mumba. I love how big it is. It's mm. a big purple helicopter, and it's awesome. But yeah, the neck is going to take it by two points. So yeah, my vote's in favor of, of the neck here.
1: Huh, so it seems the land and sea. Cobra takes it within the air.
2: G.I. Joe is still king.
0: <laughs> land and sea and air. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is that?
2: Also, you know it just, you know, just occurred to me? If Spirit was jumping off one of those things that wrestlers jump off, I can't—I don't know what it's called, wouldn't he go Geronimo?
1: Yes. Oh, my God. I would have said that earlier.
0: Well, What's that brings up? us to the end of episode number 18. Ooh. I hope you've enjoyed our debate matching up famous gi joe and cobra vehicles in one-on-one battles if you feel like you'd like to add to the debates please check out our facebook page or our podbean page or you can check out my blog a real south African Hero.blogspot.com. yeah thanks for listening and uh, see you next time
1: <laughs>
0: stay classy
1: see you around
0: yeah yo joe stay classy